0: We're going to uh, speak about having a zeal for God, having a, a zeal for God, and like everything else that we do, um, in principle or in concept, um, if not applied correctly, it's going to take us off track and lead us, lead us astray, but when we get it right, we'll become uh, overcomers and we'll overcome the challenges that we face in, in life, and so if you could start even turning to your Bibles now to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to, again, take a closer look at Moses and his zeal for God. Moses, in one sense, is a type of Christ, a deliverer. But when his zeal for God was taken off track, um, because he looked at himself, instead of looking towards God, looking at God, he jumps ahead of God, and and God's perfect timing, we know that uh, from from Scripture, we kind of see that happening when that happens, it, it ends in a disaster, actually. And he ends up murdering someone in the, in the process, and he has to flee for his, his life. He has to run for his life. He has to go into a season of hiding for the next 40 years because of this. So I've titled this message, Having a Zeal for God, Overcoming Challenges. Having a Zeal for God, Overcoming Challenges. Um, we should all have a zeal for God. We should all have a zeal for wanting to know God's truth. We should all have a zeal for wanting to know His words and His ways. And and when we learn our call and hear from God, we are to take uh, obedient steps of faith towards Him. But if we do our own thing and want to go and do our own thing and focus on ourselves and rebel against His words and His ways and what the Scripture teaches us, it so often turns into a disastrous disastrous results follow for, for us, and at times, many times, for those around us as well. People think they sit in a vacuum, but, but we don't sit in a vacuum. We don't fail in a vacuum. At a minimum, uh, there will be delays in our calling and our lives from being uh, fully uh, accomplished and, and fulfilled, I should say. And we're in the book of Exodus again, and we'll be there for the next couple of weeks, and um so if you have not done so with your yearly reading this is a great time for you to jump into the book of exodus and read the first several chapters it's a great time to do that um should have already done it this year but it's a great time to just jump back in there again the first several chapters and so let's begin reading at at chapter 3 verses 7 through 16. and the lord said i have indeed seen the misery of my people in egypt i've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers i am concerned about their suffering so i've come down to rescue them from the hand of the egyptians to bring them out of uh, out of the land into a good and spacious land the land flowing with milk and honey the home of the canaanites Hittites, amorites uh i don't know Hebites and Jebusites. and now you cry the cry of the israelites have have reached me and i've seen the way of the egyptians are oppressing them so now go moses go i'm sending you to pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses says to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Verse 13, Moses said uh, to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers have sent me. And they asked me, what is, His name then what shall I tell them God said to Moses I am who I am and this is what I want you to say to the Israelites I am have sent you verse 15 God also says to Moses say to the Israelites the Lord the God of your fathers the God of Abraham the God of Isaac the God of Jacob has sent me to you this is my name forever the name of which I am remembered from generation to generation go assemble the elders let's pray Lord God, help us, O Lord, to know you better. Give us a new zeal for you, O God. A greater compassion, a greater passion for the things you have called us to do, O God. Help us, Lord, to have a zeal for your will, a zeal for your plan, a zeal for your purposes, a zeal for your church, a zeal for your people, a zeal for compassionate love ministry. Open our eyes, our hearts, mind To receive from you today In Jesus' name, amen You may be seated If you would keep your Bibles open To the book of Exodus Now to understand the story Of Moses and the calling he had his life I think we need to go back A little bit in time And the book of Exodus Is really a continuation of the book of Genesis Genesis, Exodus It's really a continuation Genesis, Ends with the death of Joseph. Exodus chapter 1 begins um, in saying verse 6, Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous, so that the land was filled with them. The new king, the new Pharaoh, the new king, who knew uh, who did not know about Joseph, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to the people, the Israelites have have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they're going to join their enemies, fight against us, and leave this country. So they put slave masters over them to op- oppress them with forced labor. Now, in the future, we'll speak more about the story of Joseph as well and his rise to uh, to power, following the persecution uh, and hatred from his brothers and and others, and you can read all about that later on your own time in the book of Genesis as well, but if you recall, Joseph was a dreamer. God blessed him with the ability to interpret dreams and help his family from uh, really a great famine, and so, as well as the Egyptian nation and those surrounding Egypt, and Joseph becomes the second most powerful person in Egypt, right, second only uh, to Pharaoh himself, and during this time, pharaoh and all of egypt seems to accumulate great wealth and the hebrews the israelite people uh, multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous but even though this happened while they were enslaved while they were in slavery while they were in bondage in the egyptian nation and so soon um, the kings and the people forgotten about joseph and the families and what joseph and, and and he and god did for that nation and eventually the egyptians are Enslaved. The Israelites are enslaved. The Hebrew people are now put under great bondage and slavery and, and very hard times. And if you recall from past messages that have been done, um, Israel before Israel becomes a nation, there were three things that were mostly needed. People, law, and land. People, law, and land to become a great nation. And they, they will eventually grow under the protection of Egypt. Uh, a very small group of people are going to grow to become millions and millions of, of people while they're being enslaved and under the protection of Egypt. Then they're going to leave and they're going to receive the Ten Commandments and then they'll eventually enter into the promised land that the Lord promised to their forefathers. But this took hundreds of years of being developed in the process. But God's timing is not our timing. And I think everyone would attest to that, that a lot of times we want God to do something much faster than he does it. Um, but we, we know that's just the way it is sometimes. And the Hebrew people grew in the midst of persecution and slavery. And the early church grew in the midst of persecution and trials. And I believe that the church today is going to grow in the midst of uh, persecution as well. And in the midst of the continuous feeling and pressures from those in society that wants us to change our ways and conform to society instead of God's ways. And, but if we stay focused, if we stay steady on our mission and on our calling by God and on the, this holy book and what, what it says to us, in the end, God is going to move and God is going to release miraculous powers on earth. I believe that and display it through his church and through his people. Amen? Amen? Amen. Alright, come on, God, God is going to do great things And He is doing great things And as we give testimony, we know those things Now, fear does strange things uh, to people It often causes them to do strange things So fear causes strange things to happen It causes strange people to do strange things And Pharaoh, uh, we see his fear He commanded the Hebrew midwives to kill all the Hebrew babies Fear does that Fear does crazy stuff But the midwives feared God more than they feared Pharaoh and they refused to do it. So Pharaoh's anger goes off the charts and he punishes everyone in his kingdom. Everyone in his kingdom. Even his own people. In Exodus chapter 1, for those who are taking notes here or at home, it's nice to have a little phone or book or whatever. We should work on a little book to give people so they can take notes, whatever. But Exodus chapter 1 verse 22 says, the Pharaoh gave this order to all people. To all people. Everybody that is born you must throw into the Nile. Crazy. But let every girl live. That's a madman speaking. And this is part of Satan's plan as well. Satan, who is evil, who came to steal, kill, and destroy, right? To destroy the seed of the woman. His, her offspring will crush the serpent's head. And so through Pharaoh, though, uh, even though he doesn't realize it, it's, he's going to be crushed. Satan is trying to kill Uh, kill off Jesus by killing off all these Hebrew boys in the process because he's not sure which one is going to be the resurrected Savior so he wants to kill them all if you also recall in Matthew chapter 2 verse 16 Herod tries to do this very same thing when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi he was furious and he gave orders to do what? to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in the vicinity of who were there for that were two years uh, old or under. And in this case, Herod is directly trying to kill baby Jesus, directly trying to kill King Jesus, because Herod feared the power of this new birth, the power of this, of this king. And so Satan is constantly trying to, to uh, stop God from going forward and stop God from, from doing what he's going to do. And he will use people and kings and princesses. And princes and, and processes to destroy the, the work of God. Satan hates people. And Satan hates God even more. Now Moses, uh, his mom cannot go through with what the, what the Pharaoh's edict was to kill uh, the, the baby, her baby. Uh, because she knew Moses was a special baby, a special child. In chapter 2, verse 2, it says when she saw the, that he, Moses, was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, right, she placed him in a basket among the banks of the Nile River uh, while Moses' sister stood by at a distance to see what was happening. And the Lord's providence is going to take place here. The Pharaoh's daughter and her attendants have, just happened, happened, just happened to be walking by uh, along the banks when they saw the basket and when they opened it, they heard the baby crying, they saw the baby crying. They felt sorry for, uh, for, the, for the baby. And I think this next part is pretty cool because instead of Pharaoh's uh, daughter uh, putting forth the Pharaoh's edict, right? of Killing the baby, like that was the edict. Um, she cares for him and eventually Moses is going to uh, be her son, but first, Uh, Moses' sister, with her wisdom, asks Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrews' women to nurse the baby for you? And she's like, yeah, sure, go do it. So she ran home and got her mom, who gave birth, right? And so the Pharaoh's daughter paid the mom to nurse him, and when she grew old, she gave the baby back to Pharaoh's daughter. How hard that must have been for mom giving up that baby, right? But now mom, Moses' mom, is actually gonna get paid, right, this baby should be dead, and now she's getting paid to raise this baby. And you know, you know, mom's whispering in mom's whispering in his ear, speaking life to to Moses, probably telling him, hey, this Pharaoh's edict came and you should have been killed while you were a, a baby and telling Moses, I believe, about the Hebrew people, telling him about God's hands and provision and providence in his life to save him and he's gonna do great things in his life. I believe during that time and over the next 40 years and really over Moses' life, God is constantly speaking in various ways into Moses. Parents, you have a job to do. You have children Speak to their heart. If you don't have children speaking, be a spiritual parent to someone else, speak into their hearts. The words of God that are going deep into the core make a difference. They, they make a difference and we see this being played out and fleshed out in his life, in Moses' life. And, and he's going to do something great. He, he's being told he's going to do something great and accomplish something great. That maybe one day he's going to become a great deliverer for these people that are enslaved and in bondage. And that's parents speaking life and the Lord and God moving and speaking and breathing into the atmosphere and breathing into the situation. And Moses is now also going to be trained in Egypt, the prince of Egypt. And Acts chapter 7 verse 22 says Moses was educated in all the wisdom of Egypt and was powerful in speech and in action. And so Egypt was one of the most uh, advanced acado- academic societies among the ancient culture. And Moses grew up in royalty. He had access to the best of the best. The best of everything. The best training. And according to Josephus, uh, it was believed that Moses was being groomed to be the next pharaoh. Moses was a special child. But remember, we might start off well. but that doesn't mean we automatically are going to finish off well. Right? Hebrews 11, verse 24 and 25 says, By faith, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. So Moses is going to give up the pleasures of Egypt. And by the way, be careful of your zeal for God. And many times we can get derailed by the way we proceed, by the way we jump ahead of God's timing. When we handle it wrong, Disaster can take place. You need to understand that. And so even when you hear God's voice, even when you know God's voice, even when you hear the call of God in your life and and you're having an anointing on you, right? And the Holy Spirit is directing you. If you're not careful, our flesh can often get in the way and take us astray. Get in the way and take us astray, right? It can derail us. We often jump ahead of God's timing. And as long as we keep operating in the flesh, as long as we don't know Scripture, as long as we're doing our own thing, instead of uh, operating in the Spirit, we'll, there will always be delays. There will always be derailments in our walk with God. We can never truly accomplish what God wants us to accomplish if we're operating in the flesh. It can never be done right through our own abilities and our own giftings. I don't care how good and smart and talented you are, it doesn't work if you're operating only in the flesh. To do God's work, we must operate obediently in the Spirit of God, anointed and empowered by the Spirit of God. And that means we need to spend time in His presence, bask in His presence, and and lay it all out at these altars and in your private chambers. So many of us make the same mistake that Moses is making. Even though he was a special child, even though he had a special calling in his life, he will derail those plans. And delay it for 40 years because he, he grows up and he jump starts what he wants to do and he murders a man. Now one day when Moses was around 40 years old, he went out to where his own people were. He watched them. He watched them at, at their hard labor and he saw the Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, glancing this way and that and seeing that no, no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. So even though he Moses was a special child, even though he heard from God, even though he was destined to do great things, he jumps ahead of God's timing and he takes the plan of God into his own hands. He looked this way, he looked that way, right? And so this wasn't a mistake, it was a murder. This wasn't a mistake, it was a planned murder. Even though he might not have planned this for a long time, right? It was definitely calculated. He looked around to see if anybody was watching. He was looking around to see if he would be seen. And then he purposely, intentionally murders this man. Moses really thought he was above the law, that no one would find out. But we know, even if nobody saw and knew, God knows. God knows everything. And in this case, others did too. Verse 13 says, the next day he went out and he saw two Hebrew fighting. He acts the one in the wrong. Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me too as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses got afraid. I, I would too. After I just jacked up someone, put him in the sand, put him in the trunk of the car, put some cement on, gave him some cement boots and dropped away. Well, I don't know. I, but anyway, I've heard those stories happen, right? But whatever. What, what, what I did must have become known. Wow. I did a murder. I hide, hit it and now it's known. Pharaoh now hears this and wants to kill Moses. So Moses flees for his life and went to Midian, where, they sat down, where he sat down by a well. Now, at age 40, Moses is on the lam, meaning he's on the run, right? Great, good to see you, buddy. Welcome back. Um, he's running around, he running, he's running for his life, and he ends up in Midian, and he, and he pauses for a moment, and we need to pause for a moment. Moses had all this power, He was in sense, he was a ruler and and a judge. And so as a ruler, uh, as a prince of Egypt, he felt that he had a right to rule over people and he expected uh, that back. He expected loyalty back. As a judge, he can tell you what to do. He can decide what's right or wrong, right? He can give out punishments. Uh, We also know that Moses one day would be a great deliverer of God's people and in many ways was like Christ. He was a prophet, he was a healer, he was a, he was a shepherd, he was a man of God. He, he did uh, miraculous things. He spoke to God and he spoke for God and the list goes on and on. And now he's rejected by his own people, similar to Christ, being rejected by his own people as well. But in this case, Moses runs for his life. Moses heads to Midian where he, does, um, where he goes to a well and, and there's water there and he finds these girls that are in trouble. And so he helps them. And then he helps them water their flocks. And then they eventually uh, bring Moses home to meet their father. And he marries uh, one of the girls. It's a great plan. It's a great plan. But he would remain there now for 40 years in the desert. In a dry place. On the run. He learned many lessons during this this time. Relationships about shepherding and, and about Uh, the lay of the land and how to handle certain conditions in the wilderness. But most importantly, he hears from God in a very specific and supernatural way. And you know what, church? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. We need to stop blaming God for our mess-ups. Because God's not giving you the mess-up. We kind of think like, oh boy, can I mess up so that God can do a miracle? No. Get that thinking out of your mind. Do what's right and get there ahead of time instead of delaying our walks 20, 30, 40 years God is not putting you in these these crazy positions so that you can fail and sin and fall. No, every good gift and perfect gift comes from Father God. Moses was not only a special child and a special upbringing, but Moses had a special call in his life. He had a specific call on his life. A specific call. Genesis 3 records the burning bush experience. Let's read about it. Moses was tending the flock at Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian. And in the desert, he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a, a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange spirit. Uh, sorry, I will go and see the strange sight while the bush does not burn up. So we have Moses who heard from God as a child, and maybe uh, it was just a feeling, right? Uh, Something compelling him to help deliver the Hebrew people. Just something maybe inside of him, something that made him want to get involved, something that was moving him and motivating him to try to do something, to try to help these people. But we know in the process he jumps ahead of God. And now we find Moses uh, uh, comfortable and complacent uh, prior to this burning bush experience. And Moses maybe was thinking, hey, when, when I was younger, I heard from God, but I heard wrong. Maybe he was thinking, hey, I messed up. And I did this terrible, terrible thing, and so it's too late for me to correct. It's too late to me for me to be forgiven. Maybe he thought um, he wasn't thinking, right? Maybe he wasn't. He thought that he wasn't even thinking, right? Like in other words, I, I don't even want to think about Egypt anymore. I don't even want to be worried about Egypt. I got my family. I got my new things happening here. I got my new uh, flock here of sheep, and I'm doing my own thing. So he didn't want to get back involved with Egypt anymore. He didn't want to go back. And as time goes on, comfort. And complacency can cause us to have a lack of zeal for God's will, plans, and purpose. But then God shows up supernaturally. And God does the miraculous. And everything changes. And Moses sees this burning bush that's not burning, right? It's not burning up. He's curious. And the Lord gets his attention once again. So often, before we do something very specific for God, he normally gets our attention. Somehow, he gets our attention. Now, it's possibly that you're not going to have a a burning bush experience like he did, but he will use some kind of experience in your life, whether you go off the rail and it's a bad event or it's a good event, he will get your attention. And when that happens and he gets your attention, he will start revealing more to you. Moses was curious. Moses takes a closer look at what's happening here, why this bush is not burning up. God gets his attention, and once he gets his attention... He, can, he starts speaking to Moses, and Moses starts hearing. When the Lord spoke, verse 4, when the Lord spoke, uh, saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, Moses said, Here am I. When God calls, answer the call. Here am I. Do not come any closer, God. said, so Take off your sandal, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses knew he was in the presence of God himself. Moses hid his face, afraid to look. The Lord told him, take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. Now, people think they can hide from God. Hide my face, hide from God. He, He sees you, right? He sees you. You can run, but you can't hide, right? You can run, but you can't hide. God sees all, he knows all, he knows your thoughts, he knows the deep things inside your heart. And once again, Moses is facing a situation that's out of his control in a sense and causing him to be fearful. When God shows up powerfully, often you would become initially overwhelmed with fear. See, his greatness reveals your smallness. His greatness reveals our smallness. But when we obey his words, joy, Follows. Joy comes in the morning. Our heart just gets elevated with joy. And this is a special calling from God which is going to change Moses' life forever. Once you experience God, once you really experience God, your life will be changed forever one way or the other. The problem is with many Christians, I believe today that the Christians are in the heart are in the mind, right? They're not all in. They're not all in. Uh, they're, they're not all in, body, soul, and spirit, right? It's almost like you put your foot in, but you don't put your mind in, or, or vice versa. They have not really experienced God to the place where their mind is fully engaged, or you are saved, and you're going to go to heaven, and you know that's going to happen, and, and you know you have a transformation of your, of your heart. You might be on the way to heaven, but there's a point of view that's not truly all in, and we need to be careful of that. We need to be in body, mind, mind body, soul, and spirit. So many Christians, they need deliverance. A lot of churches don't talk about deliverance, but we need deliverance in our heart and mind. We have so much hurt and so much baggage and so much stuff, right? Many have doubts, many are deceived, many have not done house cleaning in a very long time in their mind. So what happens is they leave for school, they leave for for, for college, they leave for a career, they find themselves alone and isolated and far away from their home and far away from their church family. And what they do is they fall away. And they quit or they give up because those experiences of god weren't at the level that it was that it was supposed to be received at moses can walk away but he didn't he stayed he listens but those who experience god at, at, at at a supernatural level and really experience god it's hard for them to walk away very rare you really really experience god And you understand that joy, that happiness, that you just say, I don't want any more of this. Remember the why. Remember your why, remember your calling, remember the words. Journal things if you have to because our memories go very often. Remember why you were saved, remember the day you were saved, remember the transformation that took place, remember. That's why we do testimonies, that's why we have water baptism, so they can say of the goodness of what God has done to transform my life and my heart. And it was a beautiful uh, baptism that we had the July 4th weekend, it was just amazing. Now that the Holy Spirit lives and resides in you and awakens your heart, we should have a testimony. And the joy should be spilling out of us. And so hold on to that day. Never forget those days and those moments with God continue to walk and operate in faith. Day by day, the rest of your life. Amen? We still have a flesh body, though. This is a tent. And Sometimes I feel like a tent. But this is a tent, right? And it's going to fade away one day. It's gonna pass. You still have a mind that reminds you of your past. How long are you living? It's how long as your your mind has things in it from the past, things that you can't even make sense of, it's there. But as a child of God, you're now different. As a child of God, you're a new creation. As a child of God, you are held to a higher standard. There are things that you ought not to be doing anymore. Stop going back to that vomit. Stop going back to those old neighborhoods. Stop going back to the life you once lived. Stop going back, stop stop going back to the things that got you in trouble. You know that you got in trouble the last time. Why are you going back there? For? How many times you gotta play with matches and, and smell the burn of your flesh and say, let me just try it again, right? No, you gotta stop doing that. Start living for the Lord. Start walking in purity. Start living rightly, amen? Follow His will and His ways and hold on to the promises of God. But if you never had that special calling, if you don't remember that special calling, if you didn't have that supernatural experience with God, if you never really, really believed His words, if you don't really understand those words, if you don't even know if you would to die today, if you would be saved, right? Then then when things get tough, when things get rough, when things don't make sense, when you're confused, when you're sick, when you're hurting, right? When you're in, finding some in some place that it's terrible and it's hard, right, When those terrible things happen, you, you often default back to your old self and your old ways. But don't believe the lies of the enemy. You're not the same person. You are a victor in Christ Jesus. You are not the same person. Stop believing the lies of the enemy. Stop believing what he is telling you. I want to encourage you that today. Stand strong in Christ. Stand strong in your faith. Keep the faith. You're struggling with something? Call a brother and sister and say, I need help, I have a situation. You, don't, you can call me, but it doesn't always have to come. We have a, we have a body of believers. Use them in a sense, don't, don't use and abuse them. Utilize them, I should say, is a better way to say it. We are to help each other, encourage one another, daily. Don't wait until you fall. Don't wait until you do something stupid. Don't wait until you fall off the wagon. Don't wait until you mess it so bad it can't be fixed. Because there are times it can't be fixed. There are times that you go too far. Moses murdered a man. That can't be fixed. He's dead. Sure, God can resurrect that person. Yes, I get that. But, but, it's, but it's dangerous. It was dumb. There are things that we just can't fix. He killed a man on purpose with malice. Now, as long as there's air in your, your lungs and your breathing and your life, you can ask God to forgive you. But don't play around with that. Boom, boom, kill somebody, I'm sorry, Lord forgive me. Knowing you're gonna do it again tomorrow. Don't play that game either. Now, sincerely repent for your sins and know that God has mercy and that God loves you, that God will forgive you as you you sincerely come before him, cry before you. God still has a plan for a purpose for Moses even after he murdered someone. God still had a plan and a purpose for Paul after he was going around crushing the church and, and, and allowing murder to take place. God wasn't done with Moses. God is not done with you either. Hallelujah. Praise God for his mercy. Praise God for his love. Praise God that his love is enduring forever and ever. He loves us greatly. We're His children. And God had a, a new purpose and a plan, in a sense, for Moses. But actually, when you think about it, it wasn't really new. It was just the right timing now for Moses. It was the right timing now for that plan to be released and revealed in more depth to Moses. And this is how God often does things. He reveals part of the story, right? We know things, not in full, but in part. So we get part of the plan. And as we remain faithful to what we already have and know, God will give us more. I keep saying there's more after salvation. There's more to come after salvation. Salvation is only the beginning of the story. More of the story to come, more to be released, more to be revealed as we're operating in faith. More to come, more power to be released, right? More clarity will come, more love. You will grow more in love as you walk in faith. And Moses gets more of the story. He receives more of his calling. And now he gets a bigger challenge, a stupendous challenge. And while you might not get a burning bush experience, and we'll talk more about Paul in future messages, but you might not get the Damascus Road experience. But if you're saved, if you're a born-again believer, then God has work for you to do. God has a job for you to do. God has a stupendous challenge for you, for you to face, for you to overcome. And we're all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as an impossible situation. Chuck Swindoll. Thank you for that. And as we walk by faith, hold on to and rely on the promises of God. And when you do that, more of the story will be revealed to you. More of His glory will be released through you as well. God's glory will shine forth and the miraculous is going to take place at new levels and He will blow your mind beyond what you can even imagine or understand. Verse 7 says, The Lord says, I've indeed seen the misery of my people. I've heard the crying because of the slave job. I'm concerned about the suffering. I've come down to rescue them from the hands of the... Bring them out of of this land. Take them to a good and spacious uh, place. A a land flowing with milk and honey. Now Moses, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Bring my people out of Egypt. But God, who am I? (laughs) Right? You understand? Like, whoa, it's exciting. Boom. (laughs) Who am I? Who am I that I should go? Who am I? I'm God, Moses. I'm sending you. That should be enough. But I will be with you. I will be with you. This will be a sign to you. That sent you. When you brought the people out, you will worship. When we're brought out, we will worship. But the truth is, we should be worshiping even before we're brought out. No? Yes. Imagine this. If God has a plan and a purpose for you, go back to where you murdered that person. Go back to where you failed. Go back to the place where you lost everything. Go back. Go back where you lost your freedom. Go back where you lost your wealth. Go back where you lost your friends and your family. Go back. Go back where you lost that job or that position or that, or that hard time that you were faced. Go back. Go back, Moses. Go back. To where you murdered that person. Go back and remember that failure. That's hard. That's very hard. And God challenged and God called Moses. To go back to Egypt. And to speak to Pharaoh. Moses was trusting God now with his life when he went. Hoping that when he goes. He would not be killed. And face the punishment that 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 was required. He gets a stupendous challenge can't be accomplished by himself, though. But it was God who gave him that challenge. And it's going to be God who's going to give him a supernatural encouragement as well. So Moses was, first of all, a special child with a special calling. He knew, his mother knew that he was a special baby and one day he's going to do some great things. And I know moms are like, hey, my baby's going to do some great things. Keep praying for your babies. Even if they're 55, keep praying for your babies. Mama, keep praying for them. All right? He was trained by his mom, and he was trained by Egypt's best, the best of the best that they had to offer him. He, he eventually would give up um, so many things to put forth God's plans, right? And, it, and, and he jumped up ahead of, ahead of God. And this time, he wasn't going to be so fast to do it. So this time, God gave him a special calling, a supernatural burning bush experience so that he's not going to forget <laughs> what he was just told to do. Sometimes we need to see an image, right? We need to see, experience something differently. Let your mind, your eyes, your ears, your taste buds, get it all involved. The more that you get that stuff involved, the more greater imprint it is in our, in our mind and head. Um, but, but I love the fact that this was a stupendous challenge. And then God says, I will be with you. This should be so, comf- confront, uh, so comforting to us, church. God says, I will be with you. The God of creation, I will be with you. The God who made this universe, the God who made heaven and earth, who created everything, who holds the worlds together, this world together by his powerful word, says, I got your back. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I have not given up on you. You are my child and you are loved we got to have that. I, I, I'm with you. I will give you power. I will give you authority. I will, I will comfort you over these next steps that you have to do, right? I will be with you today. I will be with you tomorrow. I will be with you next week. I will be with you in the future. I'm not going anywhere. Hallelujah. How often, awesome is that, church? And God's going to be with Moses. And, and in a sense, he's challenging him. Trust me. Lean on me. Rely on me. Right. Obey my words. And then go forward by faith even though it's going to be a difficult challenge. Now, it's important to know also that God hears our cries. He, he hears our cries. He sees our tears, right? He, he, he sees our pain and our suffering, and He hasn't forgotten and we're not forgotten by God. He sees, he knows, he, he makes a plan to save us. He makes a plan to deliver us. He starts the process long before we even cried out to him. He's already starting a plan. Before you even took your first step, he knew you and he, and he had a plan for you and he created you on purpose. He makes a way when there seems to be no way. And it's not, and it's not usually happening in our timing, right? But that doesn't mean God loves you any less. Because there are lessons to be learned in the process of waiting. We all have desert type experiences that we have to face in life, that things aren't just gonna go our way. So we have to pause and rest, even in the conflict, even when we're having these challenges and wait on the Lord to show up powerfully and miraculously. And even if he doesn't show up in the timing that we want him to do, what are we supposed to do? Curse God and die? What are we supposed to do? Remain faithful to him is what you do. Stay the course. Carry on. Stand fast. Put on the armor of God and stand fast. I passed a friend this week. I won't spend much time, there, but I passed a friend a, a week and a half ago that that fell in a strange way, broke his leg and ankle in a few places. He's shocked that it, 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 it happened. He was shocked. He didn't expect to fall that day and break these bones, but he's in pain and he's suffering, and now he faces surgery and. And healing and therapy and all these other things. What does he do? He preaches from a wheelchair. I, I was like, bro, take off for a week. Nah, I win. I'd probably preach too if I can. I'd probably come and preach too. But, but the, the point is, is that he didn't expect this. He's, he's pastoring a new church and he's in a new state. He didn't expect this. He had all these other plans. Being in a wheelchair and, and not getting about and not putting forth the plan He's being slowed down for whatever reason, but he continues to remain faithful. And he continues to need support. And some people, they can't even make it to church because they stayed out too late last night. They managed their time poorly. See, church is an afterthought. It's an afterthought. I'm gonna go out and party and hang out and do all these things at night, so that I can't make it to church in the morning. But if it was my job and you were getting paid a thousand an hour, you show up. But for God, I I, I don't need to. It's just another day in his house, big deal. This pastor knows that Satan wants to silence him, harm him, and hurt that church. That new, that, that new, it's not a new church, but a new thing's happening there. He doesn't want Satan to have the upper hand, neither should we. We should encourage each other daily. We should encourage each other, meaning on a regular basis. We don't see each other every day, but we should encourage each other on a regular basis. And too many Christians are so fast to knock someone down that's already down. Have you noticed that, right? We were talking about that. So fast to knock someone down who's already down, right? Maybe it's their own fault, maybe it's not their own fault, but either way, but we should take no pleasure in someone being knocked down or knocked out. Regardless of death fault or not, we rejoice when they get up. We rejoice when one sinner comes home. We rejoice. We rejoice in that and, and, and praise the name of the Lord as God is elevating people in, and and to new positions. And so we, we give testimonies of the great things that God has done and God is doing, right? And my prayer is when you're faced with this great uh, giant challenge. Go forward in faith, and my daughter uh, Liliana calls it um, a huge, mo- huge, enormous, <laughs> huge, enormous challenge. And when you know it, when you know it, when you know it's of God, when you know you've been challenged by God, don't let the enemy silence you and take away your joy. Don't let him scare you into comfort and complacency. Stay the course. Carry on. Um, it'll be hard to confront your giants. Yes, it will. Do it anyway. Prayerfully, do it. Now, what often happens, I think, in life is that the believer doesn't understand who they are in Christ Jesus. We have a sin issue in America. We have a real identity issue in America. People don't know who they are. We're constantly breaking it down into all these different people groups, right? Republicans on one side, Democrats on another side. We have conservatives and liberals and left and right and masks and unmasked and vaccinated and unvaccinated. And this list goes on and on. Now we have boys thinking they're girls and girls thinking they're boys. We have doctors who say they can't make a choice as to what gender they, they want to be, and let them wait until they get older so the, so the babies are leaving the hospitals without really having a specified gender or even a name. What? Why? This blows my mind because of sin. Because we have an identity crisis in America and really around the world. And we see Moses is in a crisis right now. Who am I? He's in crisis. He doesn't know who he is. Who am I? And until that question is really answered, Moses will have a problem with identity. And as long as it's pointed to himself instead of pointed to God, he will have problems and questions. The better question might be, who is God? Who is God? Rather than who am I? God's the creator of the universe. God is the most powerful being that exists. God is the creator of of everything that we see and unseen he made us in his image we are not an accident we're designed with purpose we're we're created in His image created by god and god wants to have a forever relationship with each and every one of us and once we receive him as as christ as lord as savior right once we repent for our sins and invite him into our our hearts. Once we do that, we become a child of the king. We become royalty. We have access to every spiritual blessing that he wants to pour out. We are his church. We are his people, right? That means something. We are saints of God. Perfect? No. But we are in the family of God. We are royalty. We need to get with that comes rights. With that comes responsibility. Ability as well, right? We ought to help grow the church. We ought to have compassionate love ministries uh, that are going around not only in the church but in the communities. There's so many things that we are supposed to be doing as people of God but once we know who we are in Christ Jesus we can start understanding ourselves better. The Lord has given Moses a special calling. The Lord has given Moses a stupendous challenge. Trust me, I am who I am, tells Moses, I will be with you. Now go, speak to Pharaoh. Tell him, I sent you. Go in my authority. Not in your authority, go in my authority. Verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go and tell the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers have sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you would tell the Israelites, I am a sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to his life, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Go. Assemble the elders of Israel. Once Moses got a better understanding of God, who God was, who God is, and who is sending him. Once he got... A clearer understanding of his mission and calling. So many things changed in Moses' life. He had vision, he had mission, He had a calling. He had a great challenge. Too often many of us just don't know, we don't understand. Moses got it now. He understood. The Lord said, "'Go to the elders now of the church, go to the elders, the leaders of Israel, tell them who I am. I am who I am. And God's saying to us today, I am. I always was, I am your peace, I am your refuge, I am your strength, I am your salvation, I am your hope, I am your future, I am your peace. Whatever you need from me, I am. Whatever you need, I am. I am your help, I am your healer. I'm gonna be with you at all times, I'm gonna walk with you at all times. I am love, I am joy, I am hope, I am the way, the truth, the life, go. Go and tell people this. Go tell your leaders this. Go tell them who I am. Go tell Moses. Moses, go tell them. Go tell Pharaoh. Go tell him, let my people go. Take them out of slavery. Let them go. And go through the things that I tell you to do. I am who I am. And even though Pharaoh won't let them go initially, do what I tell you anyway. Don't worry about the results. Worry about the obedience. Write that down, babe. That's good. I think so. Get so conformed. So everything else, everything else. Worry about obedience. You heard. He told you to go. Go. Leave it up to him to finish it. You do your part. Moses, was 40 years old, earlier, jumped ahead of his calling. and We do that at times. God says go, but he doesn't always say go right this second. It often means get ready to go. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready to go. It means get your training, get your studying done, get get your preparations done. Uh, Go to to IHOP and get some of that training done, right? We know people are going to a global university and Berean and college and, and seminary. They're getting ready for their next steps. They're getting ready to go. God called them and they're ready to go, but not just a second. God's preparing them for the next steps. Start praying, start seeking more, start spending time in His presence, right? Start raising funds, start lowering your debt, start getting your house in order to do these things. Start making wise decisions in the process and start doing things that that are going to make you better prepared for your next steps. This is for all of us. This is not just for a pastor or a teacher or a leader. This is for saints of God who are called by God to do something, whatever it might be. And then God is, I'm going to release you soon, but not yet. I'm going to give you more information, but not yet. I'm getting you ready. I'm making you prepare. Go to work. Get ready. Get prepared. Start studying and working. Get your body in shape. Start entering in my presence, right? And I'm going to start releasing more information as you go, as you're faithful, as you're paying attention. I'll reveal more. Who am I? comes after who am i in christ jesus not before it without christ we're nothing without christ we're lost without christ our future is not really good we am going to be banished from his presence and we don't walk in his authority we're not saved and those without christ are really walking dead our future is bleak and limited but with christ everything changes with christ He gives us life. With Christ, we have the abundant life. With Christ, everything changes. With Christ, we're transformed by His power and authority. And our future now is unlimited. Hallelujah. Unlimited. We start to walk and operate in His power and authority. We can have the calling and the anointing of God. But it's only the beginning. Don't get lazy. Don't get complacent. Don't think you have arrived yet. You arrive when you're in heaven. You'll you'll catch that later when you wake up. If we're not careful, just like Moses, it can lead to sin and delay, and we can be derailed. Moses had a specific gift and calling, a specific challenge. We, too, are special. And we, too, all have challenges. Don't think it was just for Moses. Don't think it was just for Paul. It's for every one of you. Every one of you as well. Moses took 40 years to get this right.
1: the Lord. The altars are open. Kneel you are. Pray.
0: Just be free in Christ Jesus. Be free in Christ Jesus. I'll close and pray in a few minutes. us to share these types of messages, but more importantly, O God, help us to proclaim the good news of Christ with words, with action, with love, and good deeds for your glory and honor. Give us a Moses-type boldness, Lord, to actually go forward in faith.